BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday Pre-Market Prep. Apologies for the delay. That was user error. That was my fault. But we're back with you this morning. It's deja vu all over again another monday another vaccine headline another rally in reopening stocks and another drop in stay-at-home stocks so we're going to talk about that exact trade we saw this last week we saw the market kind of give back a lot of those gains uh, throughout the week and we'll talk about what today's headline means now uh taking last week into account how we could react to today's headline throughout the rest of the week. Uh, our guest today is Jonathan Corpina. He's a senior managing partner at Meridian Equity Partners. He would join the show at 8.35. We got a couple of earnings on our radar, but the Moderna news is the news of the morning. We'll throw it to Joel. Joel, how are we reacting this morning to another positive COVID vaccine headline? Wait, throw yourself on mute. There we go. Good morning, Spencer. Uh, this is uh, just like last Monday here, not quite at the same level, but we are trading in the green by 39 handles at 36.21. Strong close on Friday, and we were even moving last night to the upside, so I had a little bit of a bias even before the news came out. You have crude loving this news as well. That's up a buck 84 at 41.97. Gold's down 1060 at 1875.70. Silver's in the red as well by 33 and a half cents at 24.44. And uh, Bitcoin getting comfortable here in the 16,000 handle. That's up $125. It's 16,395. So sometimes you make bad calls, sometimes you make good calls, and then sometimes you make great calls. And, uh, this falls into the great call uh, category for you, Triple D. Yeah. Uh, after being, you know, so cautious on these uh, on these reopening stocks, you just yeah. got a little bug in your ear last week, and Moderna is delivering for you. Yeah, I mean, this is what we talk about. It's like looking at your opportunity here. We had the big rally last Monday on the Pfizer vaccine news, and all these reopening stocks ripped up 15, 20, 25%. That was just stupid. They ripped up way too much. We talked about that. But what happened over the course of the next three days? They A lot of them gave the majority of those gains back. So it gave you an opportunity. And I not only said this once on the show, I said it twice. I said it Thursday and Friday. I said, if you want to get in these reopening plays, now is the time to strike because, you know, like a stock like American Airlines entirely filled the gap. A stock like Spirit Airlines entirely perfectly, perfectly SAVE filled the gap. Perfectly. I not only, you know, talked about it, then I tweeted it out just in case you weren't listening to the show. And I talked about all the stocks that I traded EA for when I bought Save, I bought American Airlines, I bought Carnival Cruise Lines, I bought Norwegian, I bought um, American Airlines, um, I bought Sabre, the thing behind the thing, because somebody on my Twitter account said, don't forget about the thing behind the thing. I was like, oh, that's a good one, too. So today... 
I think is the day you ring the register. I mean, I bought Save two days ago and I'm up 18% net. 18% in two days. I bought Norwegian two days ago. I bought it Thursday morning and it's at 2220. I don't know. I'm up like 19% already in it. So like I'm like these are incredible gains very quickly. Um do you hold? I mean, I've always been better at entering. I'm good at looking at the entries. I'm not great at exiting. I always sell too soon. So maybe I'm selling too soon here this morning, but I've already sold my win. I sold my win out this morning, just sold it um, just in the upper 98s. I've already sold my save because, boom, I mean, it just went from 18 to 22 in two days. So, I mean, they gave you the gain. That's a 20, 18 to 22. What the hell is that? Four points on 18. I mean, it's a 25% gain. I didn't get the absolute bottom. I think I bought it at 1880. So I bought a little bit early. And then, like I said, you know, in the afternoon, the Thursday. So I bought all these stocks Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon, the Chicago news comes out, rains on my parade. I was way up in some of these stocks. And then some of them I was actually down with. But then the trade reversed Friday, maybe anticipation ahead of the Moderna data, which we knew we were going to get. And now we get the positive Moderna data. And that's driving the trade here. And, you know, the opposite coin of it was we were saying, you know, on Thursday's show is I would sell my Zoom. I would sell my Peloton. I would sell my Teladoc. All those stocks have been spanked now in the last couple of days. And obviously getting spanked here hard this morning, Zoom's down another 20 bucks. So, I mean, opportunities were there. Um, they gave you the snapback. They gave you the rally in those, re- those stay-at-home plays. And they gave you the sell-off and the reopening plays, which you needed to enter. So, like I said, I'm, I am probably going to ring the register on most of these because 18 to 20% gains in two days, I don't just shrug that off. I usually book them. But, I mean, it's, uh, there's opportunities here all the time. You just got to recognize the rotation. And when it gets over down the one side, you can also recognize that we had a catalyst. Like, this was scheduled, correct, Spencer? We knew the Moderna yep. data was coming. We knew it was coming. We didn't know what it was going to be, we knew but we was, knew it was coming. We knew it was probably coming this week. We didn't know it was coming Monday morning, and we didn't know what it was going to say. Now, we, we, we assumed it was going to be good. They kind of hyped it up. I saw a, yeah. couple, a couple reports from some reporters hyping it up, saying it was going to be as good, if not better, than, than Pfizer's trial. Uh, but, again, we didn't know exactly when. We didn't know exactly what. But So that's why the – the fact the timing of it is, is surprising, and also the the number, the efficacy rate that they said ninety four percent. Pfizer said it's it was at least ninety percent, and Moderna was at uh, is actually ninety four. What was it? Ninety four and a half percent is what Moderna said. So their vaccine candidate is more effective than the Pfizer BioNTech one, and that's why Pfizer and BNTX are down this morning. Yeah. And again, you know, it's always like the vaccines are competing against each other to a certain extent. So it's not surprising. I mean, it's not surprising that Pfizer and some of the other vaccine plays are down here. Moderna had a nice run into it. Now it gets the spike into it. I think if you're in Moderna, I think this is as good as it gets. So I, I don't know where it is relative to where it was this morning. I would assume it's probably already coming down if I'm just, you know, looking from those. Yeah, 106. I think it's as good as it gets. I mean, the stock is making new all-time highs here. So, you know, that's, you know, one thing I never like shorting stocks, making new all-time highs. But I feel like now's the time to ring, ring the register on this trade. Why not? Why not? I mean, we made a good call. Whoever followed me Thursday and Friday, you know, sometimes, like we say, we make good calls, bad calls. We're just trying to help and give you our ideas and give us a feel for the rotation. Hopefully a few people follow me in. They were tweeting at me saying they were. I know my buddy Mike out there, uh, he, he followed me in here too. He's out in Nashville and he followed and he's like, when do we sell? I was like, you know what? I'm going to say it today. I think you're selling to the strength today. You got Moderna. If you bought ahead of the headlines, I think you take the profits. If you bought all these reopening stocks Thursday and Friday when they filled the gap, I think you book the profits now. I might be wrong. I'm very, you know, like I said, I'm not that great at exiting trades. I always sell too early. Um, so, you know, maybe I'm selling too early again, but it's hard to just shrug off these gains when they're that much overnight. I mean, Moderna. Is having you know a 13% gain here overnight. Great data, but a lot of this maybe you know was anticipated to a certain extent, so it's getting the pop. I think you book the gains. 
Um, I think the Moderna is a little bit easier than the other stocks that you're talking about. Uh, just pull it out of the Pfizer playbook for that. Yeah. So I'll uh, look at the pre-market high and the pre-market high comes in at 106. You hit that in a couple different brackets. So it would, I would wait. I mean, or not necessarily wait, but you know, it's got to get back over 106. It's got to, in order to keep going and you've backed off $5 on that. So that one, I feel you know, a little bit more that the high could be in. Yeah. When I'm looking at these other stocks and I guess it could be, I don't want to concerning, but okay. American airlines popped to almost 1450 last week. Now it's struggling at 13. So I think you got some company there on the sell side, Dennis, because stocks are not going back. In fact, I looked at almost all these and they are not going back to the levels are, uh, that they were last Monday. Same yeah. thing with NCLH. So if you want to hold out for those targets, I, I don't know. I don't think you're going to quite get, get there. I don't think I, so I, I think I think it's the opportunity here again. Fade trade has been working, working, working. We've been pounding the table. I keep preaching it. In the last three months, the fade trade. What do we mean by the fade trade? That's selling the rips and the buying of the dips. Not just the buying of the dips, but the selling of the rips too. It has been working like a charm. I love this environment. I know you love this environment too, Joel. We're natural contrarians. So you see the big move? You sell it. And if you got guts, you sell it short. I don't have the guts to sell <laughs> some of these stocks short here today. But I'm going to probably be booking my profits. My, my buddy Mike just messaged me. He says, yes, I'm selling my stocks that I bought yesterday or, or the last couple of days as well. The reopening plays. I mean, there was just a setup. You've got to strike when there's a setup. I mean, look at SAV. How nice that setup was. And I was early on it. Like I said, yes, I bought it right. 1880. And it went all the way down. I, like, I was like, okay, it's filled enough of the gap that I felt comfortable. It filled the entire gap. A perfect textbook technical gap fill from a move. And we're not talking little gaps here. You know, this thing gap from 20 to one. 23 or 18 to 23. And then filled the whole thing in four days. And then you knew the modern data was coming. So it gave you that, you know, opportunity as well. And now it goes up and I just sold it. I just sold it about 20 minutes ago at 21.90 in the pre-market. I'm out. I'm completely out on save. I'm completely out on win. I just sold that one too. I've still got the NCLH. I've still got, I still got three or four of these things. I'm probably going to sell them all. If you have, how do you not take the profit, Spencer, when they give you that much that fast? <laughs> so if you've been listening to our show for a while, if you've learned one thing, if you own all those stocks that Dennis just sold and you've learned one thing from our show, it's that they'll probably keep going up. I know because I'm always <laughs> sell early. I sell early all the time. So, uh, no, but in all seriousness, can we just take a quick, maybe like a quick time out for, from the trading stuff and just, uh, give these guys a round of applause. I feel like we didn't really acknowledge that last week, but, uh, I want to, I mean, what these Pfizer and Moderna, what, what the people of these companies have pulled yeah. off with these scientists, sure. nothing short. Oh, of I thought you were talking about us. <laughs> nothing short of a miracle. When you think about it, I mean, it, 94 or 95% efficacy here, Spencer. Is that what the, the data yeah, shows? Yeah. I, 90, Moderna said 94.5%. Pfizer said just over 90%. Get um, us out of the, get us back to normal. I yeah. mean, okay, a round of applause, Pfizer, Moderna so far. Get us back to normal. That's what we want. We want to get back to normal. Are we out of the woods? No, but are we closer again today than we were? Absolutely. So, Get us out back to normal. That's what we want. Maybe you should hold a few of these stocks. Maybe we should just hold a few of these stocks, these reopening, because it can't be all tech. We can see what happens when you're all tech here this morning. NASDAQ actually trading in the red here. Amazon, which I have one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio, not selling it. But, I mean, it's down 25 bucks. So, you know, that barbell approach is working pretty well here this morning, or you just buy the S&P if you want to really, you know, just simplify it all because it's got everything in there. So uh, I don't know where we go from here, but I agree with takes... you, Spencer. Let's give them a round of applause. We want to get yeah. back to normal. I, I mean, they were talking about it on CNBC today, and, you know, sometimes it takes one, two, three, four years uh, to develop uh, vaccines and things of this nature. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, going in different directions, right? The, the cases are wrapping up, so the cases are good. 
you know, there's like it seems to be like a pendulum. Good news, bad news, good news, bad news. And we've had a couple weeks of really, really good news. And you just I look how the stocks are reacting to the way they did last week. And the only thing, you know, the only reason I'd be in your camp of 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 selling them is that they're not back at the levels that they were last week. Well, maybe and, not yet. Maybe they take uh, them yeah. out today. Yeah. Yeah. They could maybe take they them out today. Out. Yep. But it's a snapback rally. And now you have people like Spencer was saying that didn't get out Monday morning. It's like, oh, I'm getting a second chance here. So you have an overhead supply issue. And in a lot of these stocks, too, as you get near those Monday highs, there's going to be sellers. So, you know, do they take them out? Do we overpower them? Do we have more positive headlines coming? I mean, you know, maybe there is that is the case. But and the people that if you had these on for a trade, I, I, I had these on for a trade. I put these reopening stocks on for a trade. I said specifically in my tweet, swing trade. I mean, 18% two days. I did not buck it. And what about the people that just went long on Monday? And they're, and they're down they, still. Yeah. I mean, I think you cut your losses maybe. Maybe if it's getting close, like you can't. So again, they're obviously not listening to the pre-market prep show if they were buying Monday because I <laughs> said on Monday, if you're buying today, you're doing it absolutely backwards. And then you got the opportunity on Thursday. God, timing is all. You could be right on the story. If you're off four days on your timing here, you're buried. Don't chase. That's the story. Don't chase. This is not the market to chase, and it gives you another chance. Again and again and again and again. We have seen this story. I mean, think about your chase in Amazon. Well, you know, you know, it goes up 150 points. Okay, now is the time to buy it. And then it comes right back down. I mean, look at this Amazon chart from the last six months, really. I mean, you can even go back to, like, in the beginning of the summer, I mean, we're up in, in June at 3,200, at the end of July, 3,200. So July, August, September, October, November. For five months, we we're just shopping up, shopping up. Get down to 2,900, it's a buy. It's up to 3,300, it's been a sell. I mean, there's a lot of money that's been made there. I've been long at the whole time in there. And obviously, you know, I make some trades on it too. But, um, you know, obviously, it's been better just to be buying and selling and fading the moves and taking the gains. A lot of 100-point gains in there. If you're just, you know, buying the chop and you're rebuying at 3,100 and selling at 3,300, rebuying at 3,100, sell at 3,200, rebuy at 3,100, sell at 3,300. I mean, timing, you're not going to get it perfect. Lot, but yeah, a lot of chop in there. It's just showing you if you're chasing the moves, the odds are you're on the wrong side of the trade. If you're buying the day that Amazon's up 100 points, you're probably losing two days later. So if you're selling the day that Amazon's down 100 points and it's not down 100 points today, it's only down 25. Um, but, you know, if you're selling Monday on the day that, you know, they, they collapse the stock, it gave you a little bounce back. Is Amazon overvalued? I don't know. I mean, everybody's still doing everything, you know, Amazon. It's not like, like, what's the, you know, price to sales on Amazon? It's something like four to one. What's the price to sale on Zoom? Like 50 to one. I mean, there's a big difference there. So maybe Zoom has a little better profit margins, which helps a bit. But again, is Zoom going to grow into that valuation? I don't think so. So Amazon is still going this to is, be. This is a really interesting everything. chart. This is a really interesting chart. And I'm looking down here at the monthly yeah. and you can see and look at the price action that you had in the middle of 2018, right? You ran up, you hit 2000 and then you kind of just hung out. There's, these are monthly candles here, right? So you hung out $500 range pretty much, you know, down to 1500, a little bit under. Then you regained its momentum. You took out 2000 and then you had a really long consolidation period in 2019. So, and then the big ramp up here in 2020, I just, I just wondered if you're going to hit, you know, if this pattern holds true, you know, you're going to go bump up, you're going to go back up to 3,500 and then you might have a quiet six months in 2021 before another ramp up higher. I mean, if it's going to follow this pattern, because that was a big move that it had in 18. It took a while to consolidate. I think longer term, you keep an eye on 3000 here. If you're looking at it from the other perspective, you're holding up here. You've held up above 3000 after hitting 3500 for four or five months. If it loses 3000, I think on a monthly candle, then you might get some a uh, little bit of downside. But until you take out 3000, it might do that. I yeah. mean, we're, we're, we have a lot of people hiding in Amazon. It might do that. I'm hiding in it too, to a certain extent. I just believe that there's long term. And I said, I think long term is going to 5,000. I think of the market, I think if you need, think, you know, the S&Ps, you know, and the NASDAQ, and obviously NASDAQ, NASDAQ, obviously. But if you think you're going higher here in the next five years, I think Amazon leads the charge. Yep. 
So it's in every portfolio. Everybody owns it. I don't see why, you know, it's not, people say it's so overvalued. It's not ridiculously overvalued though. They've just keep growing. They don't put the money to the bottom line because they're growing the top line. The top line's grown a lot. So I think I stick with it. Yeah. And it's interesting too. You look at, you know, Apple down 40 cents, Microsoft down a buck 76, Amazon down, Google down, Facebook down. But they're not down like they were last Monday. So you're making a good point there too. We've got it. We got a little bit of a tech wreck this morning, but not bad. The, the move is not as pronounced as it was. And that makes, to your argument, ring the register, right? Isn't, wasn't that what yeah. you were kind of saying? Yeah. Like yep. if, you own, if you bought American Airlines Thursday, which I did, would you ring the register? Yep. yep. I think I would too. I'm thinking about selling it like right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like third night, lot, lots of liquidity here. So, oh, yeah, it is. It's traded I'm, a ton. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember here. I, I, I'm trying to remember back to last Monday. I think. The NASDAQ futures were down like two and a half, three percent, I think, uh, the, after the Pfizer news. They're down a quarter percent this morning. Uh, the Russell futures were a limit up last week. They're up two and a quarter percent. So it, it's almost like, you know, we already got this news once before. So it's good news, but it's definitely nowhere near as pronounced as it was last week. And okay. the other thing I'll add, and this is interesting, I, I didn't think about this. Uh, this is, I'm reading now from the Bloomberg article, uh, you know, about this news. Um, you know, obviously in these vaccine trials, the only way for them to know if the vaccine works is for people to get sick. That's how they know if it works. And so in, in some perverse way, the, the rising case count in this country actually helped these companies get their data sooner, right? Because it would have taken longer to get the results if, if cases weren't surging across the board in America. So that, that that's sort of a, a, a a weird byproduct of the fact that cases are going up. There's lots of Pfizer, people it, to test on. Yeah. It helped Pfizer and Moderna evaluate their vaccine quicker. Yeah. That, and and get obviously a lot of, you know, how many people were in the Moderna one? Do we know? Uh, do you have that data? Yeah. I Andy? saw so many numbers this morning. I want to say it was 30,000, but don't quote me on that. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it, they said more than 30,000 volunteers. More than 30,000. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that 95%, that sounds like they're onto something. So, it's good it's news for the world. A lot of people. Good news for the world. I mean, we got a lot of bad COVID headlines coming, which is why I'm booking the games. I don't think we're out of the woods. I think, you know, there's going to be lockdowns. There's still, we're a long way. There's going to be a lot of people who are here dying still, but we got light at the end of the tunnel. So I could see it going either way. I think you're, you're, you're still selling rips and buying dips. I think we get some negative headlines next week or something happens. Maybe they get spooked on the lockdowns. Maybe Biden tweets out something saying, oh, if we have to do a lockdown, we'll do a lockdown. And you know, Biden's going to be more attacking. And obviously Trump said, absolutely not under this administration. No, no way for a lockdown. Well, there could Biden, be any of those headlines coming. Biden said no lockdown. Biden said, did Biden already say that? No lockdown? Biden's people said there will be no federal lockdown. No federal lockdown. But they can still do state to state what they want to do. I mean, there was rumors yeah. Michigan was going to go into lockdown. Joel, what? Uh, anything know. transpire with it? Still just rumors. Uh, high schools, schools are shut down, though, yeah, are they not, yeah, Michigan? Yep, yep. Schools are yep. shut down. Dining restaurants are shut down. Gyms are only open for individual workouts, not yeah. groups. So we're, we're, we're slowly going back into lockdown. And then, you know, this is happening, not just Michigan, across the country. The headlines are going to be good. The headlines are going to be bad. And that's why the fade trade is still going to continue to work. And something to think about, too, and, and Moderna themselves said this this morning, is this vaccine won't be available until the spring. So we have to get through a flu season first. And, yeah. you know, we yeah. also have uh, some potential good news um, on the um, on the vaccine front because um, uh, of Russia. Oh, right. The Russian uh, The Sputnik? Yeah. Yes. Well, but well, Nick five, there is actually another, and it was 97%. It had a 97% efficacy rate. I heard <laughs> there, there, is, there is actually another headline this morning. It's taken a back seat to the Moderna news, but Inovio initiated uh, the phase two of their phase two slash three clinical trial for their own vaccine. So Inovio is getting there. Moderna and Pfizer are, are seem to be further along, but the, the Inovio news is taking a back seat. But Inovio is up big on that headline this morning. So, you know, we're getting more headlines. We're getting closer, we're getting closer, but we're not there yet. The fact that we still don't really know when a vaccine will be available and also how it will be distributed is a big question. The, the fact that those two questions still exist is, I think, a big reason why we, we spent the, the, the second half of last week undoing the gains from Monday. What do you think, think? Where do you think we are one year from now when we do pre-market prep, the show, <sighs> November 16th, 2021? Are we still talking COVID? 
or are we completely no, past no. it? What do you think one year from now? Is it the talk of the town? No. So in that case, I better be holding some of these reopening stocks. Yeah, Dennis, that I really thought you did this. I, I better your, hold a couple. I thought you did this in your long-term portfolio for something. No, for I stuck reason. it in the swing trading. I had yeah. it. I, I, but I, but I, I, I don't mind a swing trade becoming a long-term investment if it's working your way. I, I, what you don't want to do is let the swing trade starts going against you. It's like, now it's a long-term investment because I have to wait to get my money back. <laughs> so you can do it either way. So like I kind of designate it. Like I have my day trading account and that's my bright trading account. I do everything overnight there and I'm out. I'm get, I get flat on that account every actually every, after every morning because I usually at 10 a.m. That's when I take my time off because I tell you, I don't trade between 10 and 2 because it's chop hour. There's not, I like headlines. I like trading information, you know, the, the news. I trade with the Benzinga Pro. I like trading, you know, as you got lots of action, different coming. I don't like the chop from 10 to 2. I like trading inefficiencies. There's not a lot of inefficiencies between no, 10 and 2. No, so that's not. why I don't focus on that area. So typically for my day trading account, I have lots of, you know, I start trading at 3.30. I take stocks overnight in the day trading account. Maybe a stock that's going to report the next day or like the next night or something or in the next couple of days. You know, we've talked about all these strategies. And then what I typically do is I get out of them the next mornings, you know, and then I get flat and then I, re, you know, initiate, start initiating trades 3.30 the next day or that, that day. So my hours of trading are like from 3 to 8 and then from like 6 in the morning to like 10. So it's still a long trading day, longer than everybody else at six and a half hours, but I'm not trading the middle of it because yeah. I just don't feel like there's that much alpha. The bots, the bots are in there. It's They're tough. Very, very the good. bots have dominated. I mean, if you're just, you know, trend following, you're doing all technicals, you can trade any time of the day. It's different style. I'm trading inefficiencies though, where I'm looking for inefficiencies. The high frequency traders have whipped that. So that's why I don't focus those middle three hours. There's too much chop in there. It's too much, you know, a noise that you'll say like the high frequency trading noise so i've, I've adjusted you know to, to my hours so that's my day trading account and then i've got my longer term stuff where i put my swing trades in but i designate them ahead okay that's going in there as a swing trade because if i had it in my day trading account i wouldn't be able to hold it for three days because i'd be looking at it the whole time so i don't want to look at it i don't want it in front of my nose and so easy i have to go actually log in so it's a little bit of work which slows me down from an impulse decision but, you know, when I designate them going in and I even tweeted out that these were swing trades, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard not to take a 15 or 20 percent gain in two days. Targets. We talk a lot about targets and in discipline and, and things of that nature. So um, all working together for you. So, I mean, the save wasn't, you know, look at save. So I just sold it. I mean. It sold off, filled the entire gap. Now it gets up and it's getting towards the top. Like I just sold a twenty one ninety. So, I mean, you're only you're a buck off 2298. Do you want to hold out for the last buck? You know, there's going to be some people trying, trying to sell lower than the 22s that are underwater. So, I don't know if I want to hold out for the next buck. And sometimes you get this overshoot in the pre market. I mean, it's a pretty big move for save up 11% here today. It's great news for them, but is it as good, you know, as it was last Monday? Like Spencer was saying, you know, now we're starting to get, you know, expectations. Okay, these vaccines might actually work. So, some of that's getting priced in. So, from a technical basis, it looks like, you know, I'm getting near that high, and it's time to book profits. All right, let's, let's move on here. It's 8.30. We spent a half hour on, on essentially two stocks. Well, no, a little more than that. But uh, the whole reopening trade. Yeah. No, we talked and we talked the, the stay-at-home stocks. No, I mean, right. we've got to talk about those. I do believe that Zoom, I said it when the stock was 4.30 last week. I think the path of least resistance for Zoom is much, much lower. It's down 21 points. Am I selling if I had it here? I'd wait for the snapback. But you had the rally. You had the rally on Thursday and Friday to sell. So now I don't know. I mean, if it takes out the lows, you've got all kinds of problems there. But if we, if you, like that, that answer to that question. So let's go back to that original question because a lot of people own Zoom. November 16th, 2021, are we talking about COVID? We, we all kind level. of said no. 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 So where's Zoom then? So where's Zoom then? The story stock of COVID, the, the stock, there is arguably no stock that has benefited more from COVID than Zoom. If we're not talking about COVID, where do you think Zoom is? I don't think it's a story stock anymore, and it's got a nosebleed valuation. I think it's under 300 bucks. I think it might even be under 200 bucks a year from now. It's possible. I don't know if it's probable, but I'd say I think lower. I think if, if, if the case, I mean, if we're still talking about COVID or some other, you know, diseases, and we hope that doesn't happen, but if we're still talking COVID a year from now, 
Zoom is probably higher than here. But I don't believe we're going to be talking about COVID on this show. It might still be around, but we're not going to be talking about it like, you know, we're going on a lockdown or are we going to lockdown? So I think you got to start positioning for that now. And the time to get the hell out on Zoom is, well, it was last week, but it's, I, I just, I, I, I don't think you can own it. It's 350. I see uh, on this 345.68 low. I mean, that that is the key. That to me is really going to deter. It looks like 350 on the chart, but it's actually 345.68. So you've held that. You had uh, probably the last earnings report. You had the bump. You had to pull back and then the major run from. 350 to 600 and now you're coming back down to this area this is where the floodgates could open what do they report next do you know because the next report could be pretty good but to me it's not you can't do a head and shoulders on a monthly with only three candles here but i'll tell you I'll tell <laughs> there you it is when they report two weeks from today after the close really if the whole oh boy, if they rip that, that would be a great selling opportunity. If they yeah. rip it on that, I don't know if they. I will. think they're going to trash it no matter what. I think in this kind of you're two weeks away. You know, you don't want to be short four or five days before that report because there'll be anticipation and there'll be a run up probably ahead of it. So but this report could be good. needs to hold three sixty six. If it holds three sixty six, you still are you know okay if you're long it. If it loses three sixty six and then loses the three fifty, then it's Katie Ooh. bar the door because it's nothing till three hundred. So I think your sell rallies. I'm not selling dips on Zoom today. I'm not selling it when it's down 5%, just like I said on Monday. I'm not selling this thing when it's falling 100 points today. I'm going to wait for the, 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 you know, the bounce back. And you got the bounce back. You got a nice bounce back from 366 up to 435. It gave you an out. Now it's down 50 bucks from there. So I think now you get back to 400. People are looking to get the hell out. There's going to be people looking to get out. And Peloton? Peloton, if we if we are not talking about COVID one year from now, people people are starting to go back to the gym. They're not going to be staying on this day. They're going to want to get out. People are going to been you know they're not going to just want to sit at home. No COVID out there. I'm going to be wanting to get out. It's be a lot less Peloton orders if we're not talking about COVID a year from now. So again, same story here. I know I took a lot of heats pointing out that that's that um, the CEO sold 100,000 shares, and everybody pointed out, yeah, he's got you know like 10 million shares though. So you're pointing that out, but I mean. It's been straight down. It was 110 when he did that sales, 96. But again, you know, this these headlines are driven by obviously the vaccine news, and this is counter. This is a COVID play, stay at home play. I think you got to sell rallies in Peloton. I think you got to sell rallies in Zoom. I said this right, last Teladox week. Too falls, yeah, Teladox. I mean, and also look at it, this Zoom chart. I mean, you're looking at it and you're like, wow, that all time high is 200 points away. I mean, two hundred. Look, you know, it took all took all this time to go, 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 and then look how they gave it back. There's a lot of red bars in there. I don't know if you're ever going to get back to fill that gap. Five eighty eight, five eighty eight, eighty four. Another thing you have to. Think I said about, it last week. I Joel yeah. too. I think you just said the same thing. I don't know if you ever get that back. I I I think the all time high forever in Zoom is in five eighty eight. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I do not believe the stock will ever. See 588 again. You can never say never, but this is my opinion. I believe 20 years from now, Zoom will still be around. I still don't know if it's going to be $588. It could if they do a reverse split. Don't say it's not. <laughs> yeah, they do a reverse. <laughs> but I'm saying from a mer- I think the all time high forever is in a Zoom. That is my opinion. If we, the only way that doesn't work, I believe, is if COVID just sticks around. The vaccines fail miserably. We all get spooked. Some other deadly virus comes around and starts killing everyone. It was zombie apocalypse. Maybe Zoom is higher than COVID. Also with Zoom, I, too. I think the story's over here. You got to think about a couple dynamics, too. There's a lot of people sitting on a lot of profits on this thing. Well, everyone. Right? Under 300. And everyone. then there's a lot of people that are sitting on a lot of losses, right? From, uh, you know, anybody that bought this thing since mid-September. There's now... You know, looking to get it, their money back. Yeah, look at their money back. So there's different market dynamics in there when and if this thing rallies. You got still got people like, oh wow, I bought this at the beginning of the year under 100 bucks. I know I missed the high. If I I'll sell it at 320, you know, something along those lines. SPs are hanging up here. Uh we've had a quiet range here. We got a little bit 
a little bit of a fade going. I don't know if it's going to be quite like the fade that we have last Monday. We're 21 and handles off the pre-market high, and we didn't quite get – we had an intraday high last Monday at uh, 45 and a quarter. So I actually I had that on my sheet, the five-day interday high. So be interesting to see if it's going to be uh, the same trading action that we have. Is Mr. Corpina around, Yeah, Let's bring him on right now. Jonathan Corpina is a senior managing partner at Meridian equity partners joining us now on pre-market prep jonathan uh what is your reaction to the way the market has reacted to another vaccine headline hey, uh, good morning gentlemen thanks for having me on um you know clearly these headlines that we see we we knew we were going to get them at some time right so the market reaction is what it should be doing um it's just a question of how you know how does this all play out right you get this this immediate pop in, in the uh, in, in the market. But when does the vaccination really come into play into mainstream? Is it at the end of 2020? Is it first quarter 21, second quarter 21? Frontline workers get it first, then elderly. So I think conceptually, the headlines are very good. They're very positive. And we knew at some point these headlines were going to come. But in reality, when does it hit the Main Street American? When can we have access to that? And I think that's a lot further down the road than we think or want it to be. So these market reactions that we're seeing, yes, the market should react this way. But in the longer term, you know, we still have this negative headline sitting on top of us as we see states of Washington and other states that are now clamping down on gatherings and setting curfews. We see it here in New York, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey. So one headline is good, but I think that headline is going to really benefit us six months down the road to get six months down the road it's going to be very choppy i think i think i agree with you jonathan like the fade i was saying the fade trade has been working for the last couple of months and i think it continues to work because headlines will be good headlines are going to be bad are we going into lockdown oh but there's positive vaccine news i just foresee a lot of chop i mean we talked about this i think even last time you we were on a while ago i mean i don't see why the chop ends the chop's not going to end, and there's no reason for the chop to end. We got through the election, and whether whether you agree with the results or not, it was a date on the calendar that we all were looking for and knew if we just get past this date, the market will kind of calm down and have a better understanding of what the landscape is going to look like moving forward. We got to get through the the you know the next runoff of the uh, uh, of the Senate and see how that all plans out. But I think the market is is very accepting of what's going on and what's happening down in Washington. But we're going to continue to see this chop back and forth. If you go back to what were the major headlines prior to COVID? January, February, we were talking about U.S.-China relations, tariffs, trade wars. We were talking about North Korea. These things are still there, right? They're just not the top headlines at these points. So these things are going to continue to, to poke their heads up as the COVID headlines start to quiet down as we get past uh, President Trump and President-elect Biden figuring out who's gonna be in office in the middle of January, we can let them, we can let them settle that one out amongst themselves. Uh, but, but from that point of view, the chop still is going to be there in this market. And that's what my kind of concern is that we're seeing these pops in the market and then that's that fade trade. You come right in at that point and you start to see the market start to evaporate in a very short period of time. Uh, we're gonna see a lot of this kind of activity, right? We're gonna get through this week a lot of economic data, a lot of earnings. Uh, next week's a holiday week. We end the month with a big MSCI rebalance on Monday the 30th. And then that's going to get us into the beginning of December where things historically quiet down, right? We'll see less banking deals, less syndicate, less IPOs. All that will get quiet towards you get to the end of the year. And the beginning of the year will be quiet too. But yet we're going to have these headlines that are going to continue to chop this market around. I like the progression we're seeing. You know, it's more like two steps forward, one step back. But we're going to have to get used to that. So, Jonathan, as a trader, though, how do you know, like, how do you read the tape and know when the move is reversing? Like today, yeah. for example. Right. So we'll, you look back on patterns, right? And, and you look at, um, you know, you try to look at patterns and you try to look at historically how the markets traded and trends. Uh, but we're in this crazy COVID environment that it's kind of hard to drive parallels to. And then you pull, you pull in what's going on in Washington. I, I think what we've seen is that when the market moves in the direction it's moving in now, um, if, if you start to see this fade halfway through the day and as it starts to get towards the end of the day, and we've seen that, we've seen the market up 800 points um, and it closes up 400 points. And if you look at the headline the next day and you never looked at the market at all, 
oh, wow, the market was up 400. Well, actually, it was up 800, and we gave back half of that as we had a very soft close. So watch the close. Watch the last hour and a half of the day because you'll see that if we start to fade there, then that's going to be a quick exit strategy for many people, and then you get that follow-through to the next day. And uh, we're on the line with Jonathan Corpina, not on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, Correct. or Meridian Capital Partners. Um, and I just want—I was talking about this last week a little bit, and you deal with you know institutions and everything. And I, I looked at that pop last Monday, and I just was thinking, you know, and we had the hard sell off that maybe some of the big boys were like, you know, this has just been one hell of a year. Right. I mean, riding the market down, snapback rally, getting close to the end of the year. We still I mean, the elections becoming a little bit closer to being resolved and everything. I just was thinking, man, if you know, if you had that 17 percent bonus or something coming, locking in some gains. And that's kind of the way, you know, the market's reacting today a little bit. Is there any validity? I mean, I know these guys take a much longer term approach, but if you're managing big funds, this has been one hell of a year. It, it certainly has been, right? I mean, you you were choking in the middle of March, um, coming off of the performance that we've seen the last two years and thinking what 2020 was going to be like and knowing and, and planning for what those roadblocks were going to be and be able, be able to navigate that. And then quickly into uh, quickly into the first quarter, you're, you're down 30 percent. Um, but quickly, you've, you've gained that back kind of without doing anything. So I think what we've seen is and I'm talking to customers, a lot of customers and you know, larger, the larger institutions, there was never this panic mode. There was never this fear mode. And I think everything happened so quickly that there wasn't really enough time to to hit that sell button as fast as possible and wipe out half of your positions, take as much risk off the table as you can, and then evaluate from there. Yes, as markets hit certain uh, trend lines on the way down, they're, they're somewhat mandated to take some positions off and, and manage risk in a certain way where they take some of their positions uh, to, to, to less risk. But I think what we did see was, was not as much panic as we thought we were going to see. I think a lot of the you know, retail investors, we talked about Robinhood, all of that flow there definitely added some momentums to our markets. And then you've got the market as it kind of that V-shaped recovery comes back up. You kind of ride that wave as it continues. So I think institutional wise, they've done a pretty good job of managing risk and not getting too emotional into this massive swings that we've seen in the market. But you get to the point now where you know, you, you opened up your statement and, you know, uh, mom and pop investor, you opened up your statement December 31st of, of 2019, and you saw your balance there. And if you open up your statement now, you're up 7%. And if you didn't know what happened over the last 11 months, you're like, okay, great. I, I get my 7% here. So it, it's, you got to kind of keep things into perspective and, and keep reality of what's there. But I think as we get towards the end of this year, I think we're going to start seeing um, well, end of this year, meaning in the next two weeks, um, some of these portfolios just locking in their years, trying to make sure that any other volatility in this market isn't going to impact any gains that they so far have locked in, considering that they were down 27 to 30 percent in March. This is this would be a win situation. Uh, Jonathan, we're getting some feedback from our chat. Very nice bookshelf behind you, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just curious. Uh, what the reaction was from your clients last Monday and what you think that that could tell you about the calls you may having may be having in an hour or two. Yeah. So, you know, the, once again, these headlines that we're seeing, we knew we were going to get these headlines. These are not surprising headlines. It's just a question. It's two things. One is when were they going to come and what's going to be the reaction from it? So I think what we saw, uh, you know, the conversations that I had, last week and the conversations that I'll have today is, do we think this is real? Do we think this really, is this headline strong enough to continue to prop this market up? Or is this just that swoop up and then we're gonna start to fade off? Gotta be interesting how this day plays out because we saw what happened in the beginning of the week last week. We kind of have a feeling that today's market will probably get softer as the day ends, but still have a pretty significant gain overall. It's just a question now of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what's the follow through? What's the next headline that's going to help or not help this market? 
How does D.C. come in and play into this? We saw President Trump and uh, New York State Governor Cuomo exchanging jabs back and forth, politicizing the vaccination. New York's not going to get it if they and they have to meet certain requirements to get it. This type of this type of uh, uh, rhetoric back and forth is not going to be helpful for the overall psyche of our markets. All right, Jonathan Corpina, as I mentioned, is a senior managing partner at Meridian Equity Partners, joins us periodically on the show. Jonathan, thanks a lot for the time today. Gentlemen, have a great day. Have a great week. All right, stay safe out there. Thank you. Uh, Be well. All right, we should probably go to this EV trade here. Chat's buzzing about NEO. NEO reports earnings tomorrow after the close, down another what is it? Four percent this morning. I yeah. four, four to five percent this morning in the pre-market. Oh man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. This is this and, is tough. And not not tough at all. Not Andrew tough. left bubble bubble burster here. Uh, that's it's story's over. So story like or at least cooled off significantly. So now you have to wait for it to stabilize. People who just come in here and just buying around like this could go to thirty. It could go anywhere. So now it's in just, you know, you just stay away from it at this point in time. It could get a snapback rally here. Reports tomorrow night. Spencer, tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night. Um, if that rally, if it rallies on good numbers, gets back up to like 50, it's a rally to be sold. I do not believe this is going to just start ripping the all-time highs because now you've spooked the longs. You know, it's been so easy. I was in this for a long time. It was one of the easiest trades if you actually bought it because it just kept going higher and really never gave you a significant pullback. Now it does. So Andrew Left comes in, says stock's way overvalued, puts a $25 price target on on Friday. Stock held up for a little bit there, and I was like scratching my head because – I was surprised it didn't sell off immediately, but then, you know, it started to go and then they, you know, obviously, and then it's just started to collapse. So 54 down to 44 on the course of the next hour, which is a 20% fall, got a little snapback rally and then sold off again, snapback rally, selling off again here this morning. I mean, now rallies to be sold in this. I, I think you could see a pop on the earnings. Uh, like maybe I don't, it's, yeah. the earnings are always a coin flip, but if it does, that would be a selling opportunity. So if I was a Neo, I'd be looking for rallies to sell now. Uh, if you're wondering where Joel went, this is the first, uh, I mistakenly booed him out of our webinar. Oh, <laughs> so, he's probably not trying to figure out how to get back. He's trying in. to get back in right now, but he's I just, figure out, out. I was kicking out Jonathan and I kicked out Joel by mistake. And uh, so Joel is trying to get back in with us here, but that's, that's where he went. He's still there, but, I kicked him out. So, so there's a crazy EV trade, not only in NEO, but, you know, we talked about that. We, we've talked about all of these stocks. I mean, huh. XPE, or what was the other one? Yeah, X- XPEV. XPEV. That one, the, the, the burst on that one, too. So yeah, rallies to be sold there, too, I think. KNDI and then LI. Those and are- KNDI never had the kind of rally. So in LI, that, that bubble burst there, too. So you look, Fisker is still holding up. Ooh, FSR, that 18. I, t- I tweeted it on Friday. I was like, hit 18, stall this out. It's back up there again, giving you a second chance. I think you sell your Fisker. That's I sold my Fisker too early. Um, I think you booked the profits here. Just my thoughts. Not This is my opinion. I don't know anything. But you got double top potentially there. Um, I think you're ringing the register in Fisker. Solo has had a hell of a run here. It's been a great stock. I was in it once and then I got chopped around and I did not participate in the last three days. It was all just a gift. I mean, it went from $3 to, you know, doubled in two days. So I think now you look at 791. If it, you know, comes back in, I think that high is probably the high. Um, so now I'd probably be a rally. Even this morning's rally, I know it's up 4%. I'd probably be a seller of that. I was nibbling on some more of these lithium plays, though. Like, I like L- I'm long LTHM, Jason Rasnick pick. Charts looking good. I said on Friday it's looking good. I nibbled into LAC, um, which is another lithium play. Why did I do this? Because it's been in consolidation station um, for the last few days. And I think people start scrambling around saying, okay, well, the EV trade is over, but, you know, or the EV trade, I'm looking for another, you know, area. And obviously, lithium is still a uh, direct beneficiary from the move to EV. Um, so, um, I picked up some LAC lithium Americas, just cause I saw, you know, a, a setup here. I picked it up just above $10. It's up at 11. So I'm already up pretty good in that. Um, but I'm just looking at that consolidation after that. We had the big move back in October. It's come all the way back. It's consolidated and stopped going down now. So I feel like, you know, now I have defined risk where, you know, you cut through nine bucks, you get the hell out, but you see if you got a move, maybe you got another move in here yet. Maybe the story can get hot here again. So. I did nibble into that one, 
but that's the way this is. It's like trying, not chasing, waiting for your chance. Sometimes they come in and then they start consolidating and start to round and maybe they're going to give you another pop. That's when you strike. You're striking the day after, you know, the little mini crash here in Neo when it goes from 54 down to 41. So people lost some money. Now you got some pain there. So it has work to do. Can Neo's story get hot again eventually? Yes, but I think, you know, we'll see what happens with the earnings. But what I like is, you know, when, you know, maybe it comes down in the mid thirties at some point in time, stops going down, starts to round a little bit, starts to look a little perky. That's when you strike. It's hard to strike the day after, you know, a spanking on that, which obviously came from Citron. Yeah. And this is Joel not coming back. He's mad. uh, Well, Zoom has a weird feature where if you like kick someone off, it's very, it's difficult to get back on. So he's trying to go in like via a different browser or something, but um, can we just invite him through something else? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm working on it in the background. But it, right. it, the the Neo thing was interesting because like what Left was saying, like maybe unless I read it wrong, he was just saying, you know, we hey we were right, take some profits, and he said it was going to 25, right? I, I don't think like he wasn't saying as his as he usually does with uh, when he's bearish, he wasn't alleging fraud or anything. He was just saying, hey, it's come too far too fast. Yeah, yeah. that's a perfectly normal thing to say. It has. I mean, it really has come too far too fast. I mean, this was a significant move. So, um, you know, it was, I, I, I was along the stock for a while. And the reason I sold and I sold early, I always sell early. I didn't even think I was selling early. I sold part of it like 38 and I sold the rest of it, I think of 42. And it went to 53 after that. I just thought like eventually this is going, you know, to be have an ugly day. I was two days, obviously it got to over 50. But I thought that ugly red candle, I thought when I put that little mini double top at a 45, 20, 45, 29, that's what spooked me. And I sold out of my long then. It just, it was, it felt overdone. So it was time to book profits. Yeah. All right. Uh, 8.53 here. Working on getting Joel back in. It's taking uh, a little longer than expected because Zoom, again, doesn't let you back into the webinar um, that easily once you kick someone out. Let's do some questions from our chat. Somebody asked about Shopify, Spencer. Okay. You want to go there? Yeah, it's on multiple Shopify. Okay, let's and they want to know this is an interesting because this story. I love the Shopify story. You know, I love the Shopify story. It just got the COVID, you know, run, which was crazy. I would be a buyer at Shopify at some point in time. Valuation still crazy, but this is a company that's for real. I believe, and not just saying it's Canadian. I'm Canadian. This is, I believe, <laughs> going to be, you know, a company that eventually tries to take on Amazon. Even. Like this is, if they're not already trying to do that, obviously through the small business, you know, they've got a lot. This is just a very unique company that is firing all cylinders and doing it all well. It's a company that I want to own. It just got, has got way overdone because it's obviously had the COVID bump from 300 to a thousand. If this was to pull into like the six, 700 where I sold it too soon, I would rebuy my shares. So I want to be back in Shopify. This is going to sell off. It's selling off with the positive vaccine. It could cool off, but unlike a Zoom, like that, I don't. I, th- I think all the good news is in. I do not believe the all-time high for Shopify is, and I think we'll see Shopify one day as a two thousand dollars stock. Now, is that just fundamentally because they're different businesses and yeah, Shopify- and they're in, they're so they're, they're, they're the potential. I mean, think about Zoom. It's like really kind of like a one-trick pony, really. I mean, they got some other stuff. Maybe they're going to cook up, and maybe and maybe that would change my mind if Zoom can come up with some other businesses, you know, and go from there. But it's just webinars. Think about what Shopify does. I mean, they do everything there is for small businesses trying to get online. Like they are the one-stop shop for if you're a small business and you're trying to get an online presence, they're a one-stop shop for that. I mean, this has changed consumer trends, COVID. So even though we might not be talking about COVID a year from now, I'm pretty confident we're still going to be talking about online shopping. And every small business that wants to get and figure it out how to get, you know, online, Shopify is the one stock stop shop for it. So I I love this story here. I think if you're buying it here today I, and you're putting it in your portfolio for 10 years, even though the valuation is nosebleed, I think you make money. Whereas Zoom, I think the opposite. I think if you're buying Zoom for the next 10 years, I think you lose money. So that's the difference. They're both COVID plays. They're both getting hit. But I like the Shopify story because I think there's longevity here. All right. We got Joel back. Joel, I apologize. <laughs> I kicked you out of there by mistake. That's okay. All right. <laughs> what did I miss? You missed Shopify and you missed uh, Zoom, and I think that was it. Um, 
Okay. I've, I've been saying this for a couple of days, and and I swear uh, I'm I'm not I'm not lying, but I really do think that the the 13th deadline is like today. I, I thought it was Friday. I thought it maybe Friday or the weekend. I don't know exactly when. It looks like today is the deadline, so we're gonna get some more 13ths. Really, the Berkshire one that was the one I watched before. I haven't seen it yet. I've checked this morning several, several times. No, I have not seen it yet. It's supposed to come this morning, or well, today. do they have till tonight? Today, yeah. So they have so to- after the bell, they're probably going to come. Do you so- think? Do you think it's? Uh, I mean, it's going to. I mean, obviously, warning stuff, but like with everything's going on, do you think it's going to have the same kind of impact? That I mean, there's so many other things going on. Like with, in, in in normal right. land, right. you know, those thirteen Fs make a big deal. And I don't know who said something about Warren selling his uh, Appler. It was just some but- some guy, some some guy in CNBC said that. Uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. But again, Warren can move stocks. So I'm watching. He can. He can. But once again, when when you hear these moves, they're they're not they're done. They're right. already done. Right. So um Okay. They're forty five uh, days ago. They're, they're <laughs> so done. I mean, they could have rebought them by that time. It's such it, it is I like it's my pet peeve too, Joel, and you say it all the time. I mean, you're getting this information, it's so old, but I'll say it again. I used to trade all the thirteen Fs, the only one that really moves the stock significantly. Uh, Pershing Square, Ken Ackman. I'd say Ackman's number two, but it's Buffett. You know, if Buffett's got a new position, the stock, will, you know, if it's a smaller stock, it can rip up five, six, ten percent even sometimes on that, if it's a smaller stock. So you always got to watch it. What you want to watch is the new positions. You know, has he got a new long? If he sold some stocks, those can go down a little bit. If he's bought some more of a stock, that can go up a little bit. But he's got a brand new long, then that stock can often really move. So keep an eye. That's what you want to look for is the Buffett new positions. Ackman move stocks too. All right. Uh, real fast. There's a couple of earnings. I just wanted to cover real fast. JD.com had earnings this morning. Their earnings per ADS beat the estimates. The revenue was in line. And uh, Casper Sleep, CSPR was brutal. They missed on both the top and bottom line here. And their sales were bad. Their, for their guidance. Sales guidance was bad. So the- J- JD was good. Casper bad. JD, direct beneficiary from COVID. I mean, this stock was in the gutter before COVID started, if you go back to, you know, beginning of 2020 to $30. Now it's 90. Um, I think all the good news is priced into JD at this point in time. I think if you're on JD, you ring the register, you did a good job. It was an unbelievable move here for the last six, seven months. And I think it's time for the trade to cool off. Look at it. This, uh, this, that's a 98 this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. The trade that probably before the print, like they're like, oh yeah, and no. Except profits under eighty five. I mean, you know, eighty five. That's just a weird looking chart. There, it had the matching range days, and then the uh, the 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 rally up to the man. You got a triple top in there too. I guess if you're looking to, you know, if you're looking for more on this today, you got three highs right at the ninety two to ninety three area. Longer it takes to get up to that area, take it out, keep on going. A little bit of a fade on this one, but um, below eighty-five looks like things open up in JD. And what, what was the other one, Casper? Yeah, CSPR. This one's been a brutal, a brutal story since the IPO. This is one of those that just, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's all off the low from this morning, but just a brutal, brutal stock. If you bought the IPO, I'm. Oh yeah. You're underwater on this one. Ah, boy. Oh boy. Three monthly lows in the same area. So you that's what you gotta be. That's your focus here. And the law, I wouldn't give up on this, but looking at, you could be looking at 620 was a monthly low, 622, 628. Also 611 back in May. So major support in this one, but it's still almost 80 cents away from it. And then Tyson Foods was out this morning as well. They're, they're, chicken. How's chicken was doing? Sales was good. We love chicken. Yeah, Tyson. People are eating chicken, I guess. So I like chicken. Of, of course, with chicken, everyone likes chicken. All right, sixty-five. Right, what's going on? What's going on at sixty-five there? Sixty-six Something. overhead supply here. Okay, yeah, at sixty-five is where the pre-market high is, and then I see a daily high right there too at sixty-five. So we'll see what happens. Uh, in Tyson Foods, and then what's the other chicken one that uh, they did the price fixing with? Uh, PPC, PPC, right? Yeah, PPC. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's doing. I don't think that moves <laughs> really. Um, all right. Yeah, unless you have a level to add, I don't think there is anything. Nah, no, nothing okay. to say. No. Uh, want to add real quick? Uh, we've got a lot of additional programming happening these days on our YouTube channel. 
And um, one of them is our new SPAC show that Mitch co-hosts. That'll be at 11 a.m. We've got uh, a new guest. We've got Ju- uh, Julian uh, Komoko, and he is the founder and CEO of Accelerate Funds, and he is a SPAC arbitrage trader. And that sounds cool. Outline his strategy and how he does that. That'll be at 11 a.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel. And that'll be it for us for right now. So thanks to our guest today, Jonathan Corpina. Thanks to all of you in our chats. You can always email us, premarket at benzinga.com. Smash that like button. We appreciate any and all likes and the super chats as always. And as I always say every day, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Stay safe. We'll be back with you later in the day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc